0: Hi, welcome to this episode of Thought Garden where we share points to ponder that support our personal development and our growth with a nature twist. I'm Rachel Woods, coach, speaker and mildly obsessed nature fangirl. A big welcome to any first-time listeners and to any regulars if I'm fortunate enough to have them. I'm delighted to welcome you back. So dear listeners, I have spoken before about nature being my business partner and I've been referring to her as Mrs N for a little while. So that's a thought that I've given a gender to a whole natural world. I suppose it might have something to do with my upbringing and cultural stories and references to Mother Nature and the supposed father time. Now I've thought of this, I've noticed how many other objects have been assigned genders by me. My pot plant on my desk, the one that kicked off my studies into the environments that we coach in and work in, is known as Bob. Bob is male. It just sort of suits. The spider that lives above the back door is known as Harriet and subsequent years spiders have been, or previous years spiders, have also had female names. She's useful and well behaved in that she stays put and doesn't frighten me too much. I believe the females are larger. um, And and yeah, they're kind of more scary looking. But when it comes to spiders, I may have got this right, but I'm happy to be corrected. So if there's any experts out there, do get in touch. So a point to ponder for you. What things or beings have you named and assigned a gender to? Is there a theme or a trend or a pattern? Does it matter? Does it help? For me, I'm not sure it matters, but it definitely helps. I care more for things that I give a name to. This suggests that we're able to hack our wiring a little bit, and I I do talk about that quite a lot in my my webinars and things. We can choose where to enhance our affection. I speak of resetting our minds using the natural world, which speaks directly to a very ancient part of our brains, the bit that's still a bit hunter-gatherer. Now... The part of our mind lives there and it's the bit that sends us on holiday. It sends us to the coast or the country rather than the centre of, I don't know, Doncaster. No offence to Doncaster. It's just not, in my book, a holiday destination that offers restoring, resetting and re-energising things. The stuff that nature does so well. Nature speaks to us in a way... Most don't comprehend or think to stop and wonder. We don't have to understand it fully. That's something scientists can be kept busy with, and, and that's brilliant. For me, I'm happy to accept the effects without diligently studying the reasons. Um, but I will happily read, and I want to continue to share their amazing work, though. No walk or time in nature ever feels wasted to me. I, I always feel better after an experience with nature than before I set out, even the time I slipped and fell in the mud while I was walking my dogs. It actually felt good getting home. I yeah, I was a bit stiff and sore, but so grateful for that hot shower and eventually my soft bed. Nature provides contrast. It helps us appreciate the home comforts that we so often take for granted. Did I just say comforts? I think I did. Comforts we take for granted. I was at the coast earlier this year. We were day tripping while it was allowed, considering we couldn't go on holiday. And I remember standing at Portland Bill down on the Dorset coast, looking out at some pretty fierce waves. And I was reminded of how Mrs. N is so much bigger than I am, so much more powerful. And that I felt like the puny human, and we are compared to her, puny humans and merely visitors in her world. And let's not forget it. This is her world. I know we think we tame her, find ways to wrangle her and strip resources and the things we think we need from her larder. It's one of the more repetitive things that comes up in my ponderings. While I'm walking, I often wonder how man-made, seemingly natural disasters actually are. Are they really man-made? How many are caused or exacerbated by our actions as humans? That's the wrong question, isn't it? See, this is where I need to ponder. Are natural disasters more man-made than we make them out to be? That's my question. Are they the result of human error and blatant lack of respect for Mrs N? Is it that kind of thing? Would we respect her more if she bit back in a more directly obvious way? More often? Again, I'm not expecting an answer to this question, and I'd rather she didn't have to. But I do wonder. I watched a TED Talk recently by Pears Espen Stockness, and I do apologise to him if I've pronounced his name incorrectly. He beautifully brings the concept of climate from an abstract and faraway scenario to a much more local one. He talks about climate being our air. So my air, my somerset air, is my climate. The fields, the trees, and the local water sources that feed the reservoirs. Your air. It's your town. It's the air in your house. It's the fields, the trees, and the water sources that feed your reservoirs. It's the production areas, the agriculture, the farming, the vegetables, the the orchards, it's it's everything. Maybe it's time to stop talking about saving the planet in the way we have, because it does sound too big, it does sound too abstract. Are we saving the planet? Are we rescuing Mrs. N? I don't think so. I think she's more Gloria Gainer on that front. She will survive. The question, I believe, is more whether she can be hospitable to us. Now that is one worth answering. It's a tough one to chew over, and I feel small and ineffective, and I wonder what can be done at my level and with my influence such as it is or it could be. So for now, until I think of something more, I will continue. To make the small changes that i hope lead to big differences so less plastics solid shampoo i actually really like that one and solid conditioner i've been using that for a year now and the shampoo lasts a couple of months but the conditioner seems to last forever less red meat okay and shopping much more locally on our high street a plastic free christmas yes i dropped the c-bomb Wrapping in recycled paper, reusing gift bags over and over and over. Maybe, I don't know, colouring in or decorating birthday bags (laughs) to be repurposed for Christmas. Let's see. I'm sure I've got a couple that have been doing the family rounds for the past five years, at least. I, I would guarantee there's one at least that has been doing the rounds for many, many years. In these weird times, I'm actually looking forward to Christmas. I look forward to avoiding the big chain shops and staying local. I think it's making me more thoughtful in what I buy as gifts for family. I really, really hope that my local charity shop can reopen. It's St Margaret's Hospice and they're a local hospice in the town that I grew up in who do wonderful work with people that require care towards the end of their life. And they do the most amazing things. And normally they raise money through um, fun runs and things involving glitter and paint. And they're shops. And of course, they haven't been able to organise these group events And the shops have had a year of being open, then closed, then open again, and now sadly closed, temporarily at least, I hope. But they have a wonderful source of unique gifts, whether they're new or whether they're old. So they have some new stuff, but they've also got the sort of quirky 70s porcelain and stuff that my sister-in-law loves. Funky things for a teenager's bedroom um, and things that maybe I'll need to upcycle and spruce up, but they will be meaningful to my family and really thoughtful cook things, mixes to cook things in um, or mixes to cook things with maybe just add milk or something in one of my many kilner jars I've never done this before but I'm going to try it this year sadly I failed to make slow gin this year which is shameful because the crops were absolutely bumper but I do have some pickled walnuts that are prized by a certain someone in my family I have to think about that as to whether I want to give them away I suppose that's the true true nature of giving isn't it <laughs> Um, now I know I've gone from engendered items and critters to nature and then to Christmas. Um, Or for me, Yuletide, although I'm not affiliated to any particular religion, I'm surely more pagan than anything else. I love what Christmas means for connecting with family and getting together. I feel, I really hope that this year we can do that at least in some small way. I'm equally excited by the winter solstice actually. That point in December just before Christmas Day, when the daylight begins its creeping return to dominance in our days here in the Northern Hemisphere, where nights just seem so long right now. Much as I love crispy winter nights and the excuse to wrap up in warm things and cook stews and soups, my nature experiences, they are more limited, and I can only get excited about nighttime walking to a certain degree. I have to, we have, well, we have some way to go yet. There's maybe six weeks, I think. I hope that you're able to get out for walks and to spend time observing the natural world in your environment, even if it's highly urban. Nature finds a way to show up. Mrs. N is all around. And if it can't be that we bring it in, (coughs) sorry, if it can't be that we can see it outdoors, well, maybe we can bring it in. Easy care pot plants, they're very affordable and need next to no knowledge or skill to maintain. So take Bob. And I don't take Bob because I like Bob. I want to keep him. But regard Bob, my little calancho. He's a succulent. He needs a dribble of water once a week, maybe every two weeks. He can go a long while being ignored. I picked him up in Liddles five years ago at the grand price of 2 So this is not bank-breaking stuff. And yet they can make such a difference. I realise I'm meandering now. And it might be useful at this point to summarise The episode's points and the things you might want to ponder while you wander, or maybe throw them into dinner time discussions or Zoom calls if the conversation stalls. (laughs) Or maybe that's just me. What inanimate objects have you named or assigned a gender to? What little change or changes can you make that would benefit the natural world tomorrow? Mrs N may never show her gratitude, or maybe she does, but if she could... Really obviously show her gratitude. What could you be doing, or start doing, that would make her more inclined to be nice? Maybe give us a few more sunny days. What are you really looking forward to this Christmas? What might make it a little more environmentally friendly? Maybe even more affordable? How can you cut back on the sort of wrapping paper that leaves glitter everywhere and has plastic in it? I think that could be enough for this one. I hope to have a guest for next time actually. I'm in touch with some great people and once we can sort our diaries to a line for long enough to record, there'll be some guest spots to come and I'm very excited about that. For now, stay safe in these funny, weird times and look after each other. Subscribe if you don't want to miss any or keep a lookout on LinkedIn that I will always announce when another is born. So if you have feedback or ideas for topics or you want to guest yourself, email me. I'm at rachel at coachingnature.co.uk and until next time stay safe goodbye.